Hi, everybody. Welcome to our fourth. Is it our fourth episode? I think it's four. I think it's number... It's four. It's four. It's number four. This is our fourth. Can you believe it? We are four episodes in with Monsters of Design. We still have a running hit list of monsters we want to talk about. Those monsters are going to die. They are going to die. And then we will bring them back to life and we'll become friends with them. That's what's going to happen. John, what do we talk about today? So... Today, we are going to talk about the monster known as Burnout. And this monster, I think everyone is aware of this, whether you're in design, film, literally, if you work, if you do something for free, and you do it too much, you're going to burn out. So I think this is a very universal topic, and there are a lot of specific you know, things about this monster that do apply to this design industry of ours. And we're going to talk to a good friend of mine, Emily Shao. I worked with her for a number of years back in the day at MindBody. We were both art directors there in the marketing department and we hustled. We worked a lot and, you know, she was much better at handling burnout than I was. I burnt out quite a bit, but um, you know what? If I, if I only had the wisdom that she shared today in this podcast, I probably would have been a lot better off. So hopefully any of you out there listening are able to tune in and really, really benefit from what she has to say, because she's, she's great. She's, she's pretty phenomenal. With that said, Brian, tell me what this monster known as burnout looks like to you. Everybody clear your minds. Okay. Get clear. This is what I want Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. to think about. We're we think about burnout we're thinking about this just this dude just engulfed in flames Mm -hmm. just tossing balls of fire Mm -hmm. just because here's the thing when when you're burned out you're going to be throwing balls of fire and getting other people burned out burnout causes burnout yep 100 percent. and uh fire spreads Fire yep. spreads. Yep. Um, and, you know, if you're listening to all of this and you're like, man, I don't really want to fucking hear about burnout, we got good news for y'all. Towards the end of the episode, we talk about beavers. <laughs> we talk about aliens. Octopuses. We talk about octopus. Octas. Octopuses. So we don't call them octopi anymore. No, the scientists no. said we can't do that, so they're octopuses. Mm-hmm. So we, we talk yep. about beavers, octopuses, aliens. Yeah. Check that shit out in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, if mm-hmm. we have show notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think we even that, get into Loki on, a little I think, bit. Should we just? Oh fuck, we get into Loki. spoilers yeah, for Loki. No spoilers. Kind of. No spoilers. Well, I don't think chaotic. there is, right? Well, you'll just yeah. have to to wait and find out. We do talk about the vigorous passionate love scene between Loki and Captain America. I thought that was <laughs> one of my favorite parts of the show. Um, season two, Brian. I thought season it was, two. Honestly, I thought it was really tender. <laughs> I thought it was really tender. When are they going to write that shit in? When are they going to do it? John, they already did do it. Are we watching the same show? <laughs> Anyways, um... I think, I with, think you're watching the YouTube fan fiction version. 
yeah, it's uh, I'm watching this free streaming service to watch all of my Marvel stuff. It's called Pornhub. <laughs> it's a really great resource. And when I watched it, Captain America and Loki had a really good time together. So yeah, yeah. Um. Anyways, Loki now streaming on Pornhub. Go, uh, <laughs> go check it out. All right, here we go. I need to just like hit record from the beginning. Because now we missed all of that, like, carny clown chatter. It would have been so good to put You're that gonna in You're going to edit this, right, John? You're going to edit out all the bad shit? Oh, I'm going to edit all the bad shit in. That's the point. Yeah, he's... <laughs> Don't trust this man. <laughs> Is there a contract? I didn't sign a contract for this. Um, <laughs> I signed a, uh, <laughs> I signed a contract, Emily. For and me? Now I, well, now I'm missing a kidney. So... Like, oh yeah, that happened to me last time. I only have uh, one now too. John, we've talked about this. Like seriously, you need to stop with the organ theft. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. it's part of his identity. So, as a friend, you should accept him for who he is. All right, let's get this show on the road. So, everybody, welcome to episode four. Um, our guest for today is uh, Emily Shao. Um, she's basically an all-around badass, um, brand design manager. Uh, you lead brand and digital design teams where you're building design systems, brand guidelines, and uh, continuously innovating, experimenting, and involving brand identity. Emily, how are you doing today? Good. What a wonderful intro. You know I feel what? so you, flattered. You set us up for success, Emily. By just that's being my you. job. <laughs> so how's your day going, Emily? It's, it's going great. Yeah, we have this thing here where we have no meeting Fridays, so our Fridays are always nice. really chill. It's a good wind down that's to awesome. the weekend. Yeah. What? Yeah. I want that. <laughs> I mean, you guys are my meeting. We're doing we're doing summer Fridays. What's summer Friday? Summer Fridays uh, is where we basically like all sign off. I think it's like two or three. Um, everyone tries to sign off like a little bit earlier because they know we're all putting in a little bit of extra time up front in the week. And so they're like, Hey, like as long as you guys put your 40 in, you guys can sign off a little bit early, take advantage of, of, you know, these Fridays during the summer. So it's pretty cool, especially, uh, with an episode called burnout. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a tool that has been helping our team sort of, even if we don't hit it, I think it's like this mentality of like you, when you like realize, okay, there's more stuff I need to get done on a Friday. It just challenges it. And it's like, okay, can this wait? Because we're trying really hard to maintain this. So even just that I think is enough to like push people to not like overload expectations and stuff. So it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. I, uh, I have a really cool thing going on with me too on Fridays it's called uh, Crying Closet Fridays, and um, I get to spend a few hours in my crying closet. And um, Oh, that's every day, I think, right? Oh, mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I, I have a little closet back there. It's just, you know, it's just back there hanging out, and just I, I just go in there, and, uh, oh, we got a puppy. Yeah, tell us about, tell us who that dog is. Jax, right? Yep. Awesome. How's Jax doing? <laughs> he's good. Yeah, he's definitely mellowed out, you know, due to old age, mm-hmm. old age as the rest of us. But yeah, he's doing great. How old is he now? He's eight. 
What kind of dog is Jax? He's a pit bull. <gasps> Last time it was a spider. Today oh. it's a pit bull. See, I find dogs. Was really there a spider cute, in one of the episodes? Yes, yes. Emily. The there spider was. attacked Brian. <laughs> it was on my window, and I did not have a chill reaction at all. <laughs> not Just chill at all. Complete. Lots of screaming. Very high pitched screaming. So I, does a spider live in your closet now? Dude. Uh, actually, I think so. Um, so I'm in Santa Cruz and there's too many spiders. Like this is in Australia. Like you need to take dial your shit back. Um, yeah, I have PTSD from a few spiders cause they're <laughs> really fucking big, but like you, if you have a pit bull, pit bull is just going to scare them away. Anyways, that's how it is in my head that. Oh no, Jax still- doesn't give a shit about anything. Ah, <sighs> Jax. And so do you get to take Jax on like little walks and stuff? I do. This is my first role where I've been fully remote. Um, Mm -hmm. Oxero is actually a remote friendly company even pre-pandemic. And so I personally love working from home because you can like be with your dog all the time. You can take Mm -hmm. him on walks during lunch breaks. It's just really nice to be able to have that flexibility with, you know, your work schedule. And tell us a little bit about Zero. I think that'd be a great way to kind of set up, you know, where we're going with this whole episode and topic about burnout. Yeah, absolutely. So Zero pretty much does like security and access management. So like in a nutshell, right, like when you log into any digital experience, you have your credentials, you have that login box. We mm-hmm. do all of the security and backend for that. So most recently, we were actually acquired by Okta. And I think you've right. used Okta before, right? So we do mm-hmm. totally very similar things. Yeah. Nice. And how long have you been there now? How long has it been? A little more than a year. Yeah. Congratulations. Right. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. You love it? And I have my one year anniversary. <laughs> I do. I love it here so much. I feel so blessed to be working with such a talented team of designers mm-hmm. and just colleagues. I've learned awesome. so much since I've been here. Everyone is just super passionate about what they do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just a great, great culture, you know? Totally. And how, how, how does, you know, cause we worked together at MindBody a few years back. We were both art directors there in the marketing department. And how has your role from MindBody shifted a little bit now that you've ended up here? I know you've been, I think one or two other places in between, but curious how that role has evolved over time. Yeah. You know, at MindBody, I felt like you know, and you experience the same thing, John. I think titles are very different at different companies, but at my body was both an IC role where you're expected to design and create and also a people management role. And here at Auth0, I'm focused purely on people management. I have an amazing team of designers from all over the world and we use agencies and contractors, um, but I get to focus on just enablement and finding those opportunities for our team to go out and create something awesome. Most of the work we do um, here on our team is actually driven by our own design team, meaning we're not support. We're not just, you know, reacting to requests that come in from other stakeholders or departments. We're finding those um, programs or initiatives that we think will make a great impact on the company and pursuing those. So most recently we um, were able to launch a company-wide brand evolution 
Um, and that was fully design driven and done in house. And I'm so, you know, proud of the team for the work they did on that. Yeah. So, so does that mean like, you're not, you don't have like a, like a marketing department where you have like, you know, your global marketing director that is going, okay, I'm going to figure out this campaign and then give it to the design team. Are you saying it's a little bit different than that? Yeah, well, we obviously have a marketing team um, and we actually have a brand marketing team as well. And they own campaigns and social media and things like that. Um, But for the most part, when it comes to day to day production work, we put some time and effort into agency enablement and self-service tools and templates so that Mm -hmm. other stakeholders within the team are enabled to create the things they need to create while still adhering to our brand guidelines. But if it's not something that needs to be custom or strategic, you know, we might as well templatize it so that it's easier for both parties. And that in turn frees up time for our designers to focus on truly innovative stuff and flex their creative muscles. So that's awesome. Yeah. 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 I'm so curious about that. I feel like we could do a whole episode on like just design systems. I don't know what the monster would be, but, uh, Oh, absolutely. That's always been my thing, like how it relates to non-product design in a way, or even like the photo video, like even from MindBody, it's always been like, been curious about that because MindBody, we were so attached to the product team that I got really curious about how photo and video could be more a part of the design system and be approached that way because it just, there's just so much you can do and making sense of it ahead of time makes it so much easier. Yeah, and one of the other things here at Auth0 is that our design org actually ladders up into the product org. So we're not a part of the marketing team, we're a part of the product team. And what that enables us to do is really think of our brand experience holistically. Like we're not just supporting marketing initiatives, we're supporting what the brand looks like within the product experience, within the marketing experience, and everything in between, right? Um, so it opens up a lot of possibilities when you think about it that way. Yeah. It's, it sounds like it's enabling all those different departments to be really like talking to each other, which oftentimes maybe not everybody is. Um, yeah. So that that's, that's a cool way to think about that and getting that going. Um, exactly. And it sounds like throughout like, you know, the uh, larger scope of your career, um, you've had to contend with today's monster or have had a relationship with today's monster, which is burnout. Um, nobody here knows what that is at, at all. We, yeah. We don't know yeah. what burnout is. Never, um, never experienced that before. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so, um, yeah, John, what, what are we talking about when we talk about yeah. burnout? So, yeah, I think w- we're, we've been going through trying to find like, which has not been very hard because I feel like there are plenty of monsters that we have been experiencing in this career. And it's really fun to, to kind of come up with, with a name or, or a type of monster that would represent these things. And burnout was like definitely one of the top ones that we were thinking about because COVID. And I think in, in during this time, we've all gone remote, uh, in this field for the most part. And it's really easy when you're designing to just wake up, go straight to your computer and, you know, push well into the evening because you don't have to commute anywhere. It's, it's just right there. It's right in front of you. And if you're excited about something, you might just want to put all the hours in. 
then I think on the reverse side, when people are looking to reach out to their team members to do work, you can't really like check in to see how people are actually doing. Um, you know, if going over that eight hour mark or whatever during the day is really going to affect them negatively. And so it's easy to burn out. And I think there's just so many different ways. I'm actually curious, you know, to see like how that might affect you. But I think that's essentially what it is. This monster is something that again is outside of like the designer, the manager, the client, the boss, whoever it is. And it's something that I think infiltrates this whole working process, especially now that, you know, a lot of us are remote and I think it was there beforehand. And in some ways it might be a little bit worse now. So kind of curious your experience with that, maybe in the past and even now today. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that makes us, you know, similar, John, and I don't know about you, Brian, maybe, maybe you are a terrible worker for all I know, (laughs) but I know that for both yeah, me and John, yeah, no, <laughs> one of the things we have in common is that we're both so passionate about our work and what we do mm. and just, we give everything to that. Yeah. And so burnout is really easy to experience when you think it's something that is normal day to day. And even with COVID, right? Yeah, you're right. It's so easy to just wake up and immediately go to work. Um mm. One of the things I've actively been trying to be more conscious of is setting those boundaries for myself and having spaces that aren't work, especially working remotely now. For instance, like having a morning routine, not bringing my phone with me when I'm getting ready. Don't check Slack on your phone, turn off notifications, things like that. All these small things that don't really sound that, you know, impactful they add up and I think it helps to just be mindful of your own boundaries so that you don't experience burnout during this time. Um, And actually it's funny, but I feel like for myself, especially throughout my twenties, work-life balance was not something I really gave a shit about. It wasn't Mm -hmm. something, you know, that I thought was, you know, I didn't think I was at risk of burnout or anything like that. And then coming to Auth Zero, Um, surrounded by people who are just so kind and passionate and caring and, you know, care about your well-being, I started getting people saying, hey, we're worried you're going to burn out. Hey, why are you answering Slack so early? Things like that that others pick up on. And it made me really check myself and say, oh, work-life balance and burnout is not just something that will affect me. It's something that affects everyone around me. And as a people manager, you know, the last thing I wanted to do was set a bad example for my team. And so I feel very blessed that like my designers help keep me honest in this way. And that if I respond to something too early or too late, they'll be like, why are you online? This is not urgent. You know, they help keep me honest. They help make sure I take vacation Um, because ultimately you can tell your team and you can tell the people around you that like, Hey, they should take care of themselves. You know, we want all our friends to take care of themselves, but if you're not doing the same thing, they're not going to believe you. You're setting a unrealistic expectation for what people actually think you want from them. That's, that is amazing that your team is cognizant and present and like scanning for that. Because you're absolutely correct. It affects everybody. 
And um, I just, I love that there's an ecosystem there that's supporting that kind of wellness. That is just wonderful to hear. Um, in, in going back a little bit, um, you know, in your 20s, when you're just kind of going along, what did some of that work-life balance look like before you got where you're at today? I think just, and this goes back to, you know, my culture and family and the way I was raised, I think, um, in that I was always taught that anything is possible if you keep your head down and you work really hard. And so I've always prided my, myself on being a really hard worker. And that to me translated into being, you know, working long hours and being super dedicated as an employee and just giving everything to that. And so throughout my 20s, that's what it looked like. Um, and I feel very grateful that like I've had the career path that I've had because I love what I do and I'm, you know, working with people I love and creating things that I love. And I do attribute a lot of that to that hard work. But I think you reach a point where you realize like that's not all it is, right? And you have to keep yourself mentally healthy in order to give back to the people around you and continue doing what you do. Otherwise, you're going to be in your 30s and break down. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think w one one thing that I, I still feel like is like hard it, it, and it's a good tool for burnout is just like the power of saying no. And how has that me because maybe there's that drive that's early on in your 20s where you're like you don't want to say no because you're you're pumped and you're like you don't have to like you don't have a lot of things outside of work maybe that are going on and like I remember when I was young it's just like so much easier just to be like yeah whatever I'll work into the night and now it's like I'm older I don't have kids but like I definitely am like man I can't wait to hang out with my wife and like watch a movie with her have dinner with her and so it's easier to say no because I'm protecting this sort of like after work life, you know what I mean? But early on, you know, how, how is that tool useful and why is it hard to use? Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think both of us are in this industry because we like to help people, right? Like mm -hmm. at the, at the core of what I do, I like being a designer. I like being a manager because I like helping people. Um, and so saying no can be really difficult, but something that I found to be really helpful is not just saying no, but saying no, but, or yes, and, right? So mm -hmm. if you're saying no, don't just leave it at that. You can, you know, help explain why or offer other resources or directions for that person because ultimately everyone is just trying to do a good job. And if you're in a culture that's supportive of that, everyone will hopefully understand. Obviously, there's so much about a company culture that you can't control. And I think that's a whole different issue. If you're in a place where you feel like you can't say no, then maybe you need to find a more supportive environment for yourself. And that's totally fine, too. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah totally. that's been really helpful for <laughs> me to learn throughout my career. Power of saying no. Yeah, there's there's the saying no to uh, an ask. There's the power of saying no to a project, and then saying no to a job. And I feel like those are the those are the tiers. Like if you if you can make it through the task, great. But then there's the the project, and if you can't make it through the project, 
then you know that you you might get to that point where you realize you might have to say no to the job. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it's interesting. Like especially John, I know you've done a fair amount of contract work as well. I mm-hmm. mean, so much of my work is project based, um, and so it's like trying to suss out. Like, okay, how much of this project is going to take over my life for the next month, two months, three months, and then compare it. So if I get other, like, client asks or, like, other people coming to me with work, like, hey, you know, are you interested in XYZ? I'll hopefully be able to have a read on, like, no, I I don't think I'm going to have that time. Um, But before, I would be, like, I think I, I started by saying yes to everything, and then I quickly became, like, a rusty skeleton, I was just like, oh, God, I can't. Um, and then I started, then I swung the other direction and started saying no to everything because I, I did burn out and I was afraid of burning mm-hmm. out. And so then, but then that wasn't right either, right? Like, yeah. Emily, did you have any sort of like, what was your sort of exploration, like navigating, like what, what worked for you? Like how, how, how was that process discovering that? Yeah, I am lucky in that I don't think I've ever reached a specific moment where I was like, I'm burning out. It's too late to come back from this, you know? And I feel like I caught it at a time where I was lucky enough to have people around me who were like, you're working too much. You're not taking care of your work-life balance and you should prioritize that um, to really help shift that mindset. And I think, you know, there's no right or wrong answer to what that threshold is for any individual. My tolerance for things back in my 20s is so different than uh, now in my 30s, right? And that's okay. And it's because you're in a different point in your life. You have more experience. You have more say into the decisions you can make you know when you're if you're working for yourself and you're first starting out a business sometimes it can be hard to say no because you're trying to establish yourself and that's totally fine um but yeah i think it's just allowing yourself to evolve and change over time and like i said knowing how to set your own boundaries and knowing what those boundaries are for yourself in that moment and not being a, and not being afraid to stick to those because I do have better boundaries now than I would have even a couple of years ago. And that doesn't mean I wasn't taking care of myself back then. It just means, you know, I understand myself better now and what I want out of my career. Yeah. I, I'm curious, you know, yourself now where you're at in your career and maybe not even speaking to your younger self, but even just like younger people who are getting started in this field as well who might just hear that, man, you're just getting started. You got to hustle. You got to say yes to everything. You got to take on as much as you can. You got to build up that portfolio. You know, that might mean like working crazy hours, moonlighting. And I feel like that was such a thing. I mean, I definitely thought that that was the truth, like when I was young. And I think for me personally, it led to me actually like fully burning out in my mid thirties because I just like cranked for 15 years, like right out of high school, I was just like, this is what I want to do. And just cranked and didn't slow down. And I fully burnt out and I had to like pause everything and then restart again. And I'm just curious, you know, what, 
what would you say to someone starting out that might have that in their head? Like, is that, is that correct for a young age? Is there like a drop-off point that maybe you shouldn't do it for 15 years, but maybe you should do it for three years? Or is it like developing a structure that you can continue to grow moving forward? Oh, definitely the last, right? Um, I also think, you know, and maybe this is inaccurate, but I would think nowadays that the topic of mental health and balance is so much more pre- prevalent than it was even mm-hmm. 10 years ago when we were earlier on in our careers. And that's a great thing, right? Like, I don't ever remember anyone talking to me about work-life balance when I first started out. But now right. you hear about it all the time. There are articles about it. There are, There's research and data that shows why it's better for companies and employees and individuals to care about this kind of stuff. And so I think the culture in general is changing and you get to yeah. see things like, you know, no meeting Fridays and four day work weeks and remote culture. So there's so much positive progress that's being made in that sphere that I don't think any individual is alone when it comes to that subject. What I would say to someone for starting out, you know, again, I don't think there is a one size fits all solution for anyone, but what I would probably tell myself back then is, you know, Working hard does not equal working long hours and not having a life outside of work. Those are two very different things. You can be a really hard worker and be really good at your job and have those boundaries for yourself. And if you're working with people who don't respect that, if you're working with someone who's like, oh, that person didn't work until midnight and they look down on you for that, then you're working with the wrong fucking people. I'll tell you that right now. Yes! Preach. I'm snapping for all (laughs) the people who can't see me. It's, and and one one of the consequences of burnout, and this was something that I've been contending with, especially with those long fucking hours. Man, if I'm approaching burnout, or I know if in the past, if I'm just like hitting a heavy threshold, um, I make mistakes. And the quality mm-hmm. of the work suffers. Yep. Absolutely. Right? And one of the things that's been encouraging, I think, in this discussion around work-life balance and having a conversation around this, a frank conversation in the workplace, is people, I think, are starting to understand that. Like, you know, not driving your team into the late hours of the night. Like, not doing that. That's actually going to, like, preserve and maintain mm-hmm. the quality of work. Um, but but then, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people who disagree with me, I think. Um, I mean, there's still plenty of people who are like, no, if you're passionate, yeah, until 2 a.m., man, drink some Soylent Green. I don't know. But, like, uh, <laughs> my brain, I just can't. Like, I just, there comes a point where I start making stupid mistakes. And yeah. that's when I go, oh, I need to, <laughs> I need to watch some Star Trek, take an edible and like, just <laughs> chill the fuck out. I mean, absolutely. Like, <laughs> I don't, I'm totally going to misquote this, but there's research out there that shows how you have a threshold for how many decisions you can make in a day. It's not infinite, right? And so yeah. s- to a certain point, you're going to reach that limit every day where you've made too many decisions, you can't function properly anymore. And so everything after that is bullshit. You can stay up for another five hours working, but you're not going to get anything productive done. So no! what's the point? Thank you. 
Yeah. So how about how about the the like you know the whole thing about you know artists that that just deprive themselves of sleep because once you get to that point where you're just so depleted, that's when true creativity comes oh. out. Because that's definitely like a thing, right? Like everyone yeah. talks about that, like songwriters and blah 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 and stuff like that. Like how how would you speak to that sort of like extreme? You know, where people yeah. just like they want to burn themselves out for. The I mean, I think there's a, a difference, right? Be, between what um, <laughs> I personally have experienced because I'm not one of those uber creative, like artist types of people. My experience is more in design within like tech and software environments, right? Like that shit yeah. is very different than <laughs> someone who's going to go take shrooms and paint the most beautiful thing they've ever done in their life. <laughs> and so I can't really speak to that. And I fully do believe that that process works for a lot of people. I think in a corporate environment, though, if we're talking about like an eight to five, that's not that's mm-hmm. not productive. That's not conducive yeah. to like a good work environment. Yeah, Totally. What, what do you think, you know, almost like the the flip side is of this? Like, because a lot of the, a lot of this stuff comes from somewhere that maybe isn't necessarily negative, you know, like maybe it's like the desire to like serve people or, or it's, you know, just wanting to perform at a high level or just do your best work. What do, what do you think some of those things are and how have you seen them? play out, you know, in your career or, or the people you've worked with in a positive way? Yeah. I mean, I just speaking from personal experience, I think the things that put us at risk of burnout, you know, the passion for what we do, the drive, the wanting to help people, those are all such positive traits that I would never change about myself. Mm-hmm. And those are some of the people that I love working with the most. John, like when we work together, we made some good shit and I loved totally. just, you know, how in sync we were. And mm-hmm. so I think the great thing about that too, is that we're more understanding of where each other is coming from. And so we can also help emulate, you know, the behaviors that we think are good for mm-hmm. the people around us. Um, so, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't, I think it's one of those things where it's like anything in moderation, right? Like any positive can be a negative if there's too much of it. Mm-hmm. So just keeping everything balanced and in check is the yeah, is the goal. Yeah. yeah, it's. I'm I'm thinking about. Oh, I'm not going to go off roading there yet. I'm not going to do that yet. Um, <laughs> what I do want to know, Emily. Um, so you mentioned um, a few of the things you do in the morning to protect your time to um, create boundaries between you and the work you do. Um, can you walk us through in a little bit more in depth of like, what are some of the exact things you're doing to just protect you? Yeah, these sound kind of minuscule, but one of the things I found really helpful is literally just turning my Slack notifications off on my phone and moving the app to my last screen. So it's not the first thing I see when I open up my phone and it helps me not constantly check my notifications because no one expects you to be online all the time. It's the, you know, it's the own, your own pressure you're setting on yourself. But for instance, in the morning, you know, sometimes I'm guilty of 
opening Slack when I first wake up and responding to someone because we have people in different time zones. You know, being in California, I'm always the latest time zone. And so there's always something for me to check. And so stopping myself from doing that is the first thing. You know, making sure I have time for my dog, take him on a walk, working out for 30 minutes, okay, you know, wait, making go back. my tea. Wait, go back for a second. Okay, question for you. So your dog. So this is something I've been doing in the morning, trying to be intentional, because I've been going on my morning walks. Do you keep your phone with you when you go on a walk? Do you check your phone? Like how, what does your relationship with your phone look like? When you're walking your dog because this is so i yeah that's a great question i don't intentionally and that's one of the things too is that i intentionally don't bring my phone with me when i'm doing my morning routine because you don't need it nothing is going to blow up and if you have it you're going to check it and so mm -hmm. something like walking your dog right you don't need to check your phone why do you need your phone if something bad happens you know well that's the end of you but your phone's not going to help you <laughs> so just yeah, carry yeah. a taser. Do you ever, uh, this is something I've been doing lately, uh, just like book out like time on your calendar just to book out time. Like whether it's because you want to be heads down on a project or you're just, you just want to make sure that there's like untouched time. It might be a little bit different. I know when you get into management, it's like you just have meetings all the time. But for someone that maybe doesn't have meetings all the time, do you like, are there any other practical to tools? Like you said, like the way you use Slack or maybe calendar use or, or anything like that? Yeah, I have recently started blocking off time in my calendar. Um, and you're right. Most of my day is just spent in meetings. And so what I try to do every day is at least have a block for some sort of lunch period so that I'm not just in eight hours back to back. Um, I'll check my calendar at the beginning of every week and block off any time um, that I see is free so I don't get too many last minute meeting requests, you know, the day before. Um, so that is definitely really helpful. Slack also just, this is a promo for Slack. I'm not getting paid for this, but they just released <laughs> a new is. feature. She's, getting, she's lying. <laughs> I would love to work for Slack. No, they're great. Um, she's getting a new kidney. <laughs> they, yeah, I need, I need to store those extra kidneys, you know. I'll give you one, Brian. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but they just released a new feature where you can actually schedule messages out in advance. There used to be an app for that called Gator that we would use here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but now it's actually a Slack feature. So you can choose to send your message. Like if you're working with people in different time zones or you think of something you want to send someone, but you don't want to Slack them at midnight, you can mm -hmm. send it, schedule it later in the morning. Right. So that's been super helpful just as a manager to have. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people also use this Google Calendars integration called Clockwise, um, where you can pretty much set like your working hours. They'll find, you know, blocks for you to have breaks, things like that. Um, I haven't used Clockwise, but I know a lot of people love it. So yeah, I. Uh, it's so funny. I I totally did that today. Um, I scheduled some time to, like. How do I say this? How do I say this when people are listening? Crying um, in your closet? <laughs> yes. I scheduled some crying time. And people were like, Brian, can you like do this thing? And I'm like, I have client work. I'm mm -hmm. so sorry. Mm -hmm. And really, I'm just looking at Slack messages and crying yeah, yeah. every time I hear the little 
pop, <laughs> pop, pop, slack sound. What is that? The boop, boop, boop? I don't, that was a terrible Slack impression. I hate, yeah, I don't like that sound. There should be a plugin that allows you to change that and like just set it to like a bunch of different things because birds. Oh, I'm surprised there's not. That's a yeah. great idea. Yeah, birds, <laughs> peaceful birds, like an alarm, mm-hmm. you know, we, we can have peaceful mm-hmm. alarms like the ocean or like, yep. or John giggling. Oh like, no, that's we, don't, we don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine every time something happens, you just have a John giggle? <laughs> Now I'm trying not to laugh because I don't want to. <laughs> um, oh, there was one thing I wanted to 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 bring up. And I think, like we were saying, like there's this sort of burnout where you're not really in this remote world pre-pandemic and then everything happens over this past year and a half. And now we're experiencing a different kind of burnout. And, you know, for me, like, like this morning, I, I West Coast, California, so... It's, it's very interesting because I think we're all learning, like we have these different ways of like working based off of like time zones. Cause a lot of us in this field are working with people across the country and even globally now. And I work with like people in like Barcelona and Berlin and New York. And it's like this whole like <laughs> different time zone. And a lot of times it requires me to get up really early. Like I had a client meeting at six 30 this morning and I don't, I'm like, I can get up in the morning. I actually kind of like it sometimes, but it's definitely like, it means my day is shifting dramatically. And like today I had to just like, not even a lunch break, just to make up time. Like I had to go ride my bike for like an hour, like just to get out of the house and like realize that my schedule shifted in a way it might not have in the past. If I was just going into the office, I probably wouldn't have taken a 6.30 meeting, right? Like those things didn't happen as much as I think they do now because it's really easy to get out of bed and make a cup of coffee and go straight to your computer. So what what would you say to, you know, speaking to that sort of like empowering yourself to take it, like if your schedule is going to be forced into something flexible, do you feel like it's, it's up to us and that we do have that power to like make sure our schedules are flexible in response to that? getting our time back. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just up to what you feel comfortable with as an individual. Like sometimes I'll I'll take meetings earlier than eight. If I'm, if I know I'm already going to be up and I'm okay shifting my day a little bit earlier, um, you know, because I personally feel comfortable with that. But that being said, that doesn't mean you should be expected to. And I think that's what the difference is. And I think one of the great things about Osseo is that because we're primarily remote, everyone is dealing with the same, you know, environments, right? It's not like you're the only person in a large company that's remote, so you need to accommodate to everyone else's way of living. Um, Everyone here deals with the same type of things. And so because of that, we're all very respectful and very mindful of these different time zones. We have a lot of people in Argentina because we have headquarters there. We have people in Europe and New York and Canada. Um, and so, you know, with tools like Slack and Google Calendar, it shows you people's time zones. It makes it really easy to make sure you're being respectful of when their working hours are. But again, it's not just up to one individual. It needs to be a company culture thing and where everyone is on the same page and acknowledging, hey, people 
can't be scheduling meetings at 6 a.m. because other people are in California and things like that, right? But again, John, I know you're in like the agency setting, whereas I'm more in-house. And so I'm sure there are a lot of differences there as well. And to be fair, it was an optional meeting, but it was one that I was like, man, I really just want to hear what the client is saying because I want to get a good understanding. But I think that's the thing, right? Like that's, that's why I didn't feel, I don't feel burnt out. And I feel like I had the freedom to kind of flex my schedule because it was optional. You know what I mean? And I, exactly. if it wasn't, it was like, Hey, you need to be here. I probably would feel burnt out today. But I, I did yeah. it because it was like, no, I want to. I, I can get up early, you know? And I think that's that's the respect that you're talking about. And the same would yeah. go for, I think what you're saying is like, for, for us being on the West Coast, we know that people on the East Coast and even further into Europe, are their days are ending when ours are starting almost. So we have to be respectful of that. You know, like the guy I work with in Berlin, like if I book a meeting with him at 11 a.m. our time, that's like his nighttime. So I need to be respectful and try to take advantage of those like eight or nine a.m. times to really meet with him, so I'm not you know bleeding into his his nighttime. And so it goes both ways. For yeah, sure. exactly. Just don't be an asshole, you know. <laughs> so I want to talk about your favorite monster. I know you might not have an answer, but when when I say, like, is there a monster in life? Could be a cartoon monster. Could be a really could be scary a, monster. An actual person. <laughs> Could be a Pokemon. Could be John. What mm-hmm. is a monster? My answer is John. There mm-hmm. it is. I knew He's it. A I knew fucking it. Beast. <laughs> Stealing people's organs. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have a monster besides John that you resonate with or like that you love? Or are you like, no, dude, I have a dog. Like, I do have a dog, but I don't know. That's an interesting question. I when like mine was Swamp Thing. That was like my favorite monster. And Brian's are usually Godzilla esque monsters. Well, today they're <laughs> badgers. I've been their badgers have my attention. No, not badgers, <laughs> beavers. I was like, what's wrong with badgers? Sorry, what's badgers are cool. Beavers? Fucking um beavers are interesting. I, I and I mean them, they're beavers are designers. <laughs> I love so and like a monster isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm, so like exactly, I'm not even letting Emily ask her question. I'm part of the problem. Um, <laughs> so, but beavers are little designers. So you know why they create dams? So <laughs> do they? <laughs> so they create they build dams to create little ponds so they can build their home. It's called a lodge a beaver lodge and they build tunnels in the lake or pond that they've already created with the dam to underground tunnels into their lodge, into their little home. Anyways, beavers are incredible. So maybe it's just an animal, Emily, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Where does the monster well, now element the question come has, in? I'm still has confused. Shifted. Yeah, shifted <laughs> dramatically. You know what? There, I don't have a specific monster, but recently I've been seeing so many things about, you know, the creatures that live in the ocean oh, and how there's yeah. so much that we haven't explored yet. And mm-hmm. just all this shit that lives down there that is just wild. 
I don't have yeah. like a specific creature, but it's just really interesting to Deep think about. Deep sea monsters. That's I will not go down there. It's, yeah. it's, uh, dude, it's some crazy shit. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what's down there? Like, I don't know. There's angler fishes. What's up with that? Mm-hmm. Have you mm-hmm. seen the, I think it's on Netflix, My Octopus Teacher? Oh, people keep recommending this to me. I just watched it. No. Like, John, have you seen ago. it? Yeah. And I was like, Fuck, I need a, okay. Tears. Crying. Well, first of all, my first reaction was, what the fuck is this guy doing? He has a son, right? And he's spending all this time visiting this octopus. Like, what son, about his dude. family? But once <laughs> I got past that, I was like, mm-hmm. that's fucking incredible. Like, this octopus yeah. is so smart. Do they right? talk about how they have brains in each of their tentacles? Yeah. They essentially it's have? More like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like a kind of a... How would you describe it, John, in, in video terms? It's like a documentary type of yeah. thing where this guy is just, you know, capturing his interactions with this octopus that he visits yeah. over like a year and develops this bond with. And then no spoilers, but one day like she gets attacked by something and loses some of her limbs and he thinks she's dying. Like it's emotional shit. Oh, I'm going to do emotional. that shit. I'm going to get real But it's like one of those like... Like, it teaches him. I mean, the, my, that of course, it's like my octopus teacher. But the whole idea is like he learns like life lessons from this, and so like it helps him be a better dad, sort of idea. But it's it's honestly super. I know, sweet. but I was it's like, super, where super the fuck sweet. were you this whole time? Your kid's been alive this whole time, You're spending all your time with a fucking octopus. Emily, Emily has some notes for uh, for my octopus teacher, and you know what? I think they're valid. I've already emailed them to Netflix. Good. Like, it's yeah. Fair. I, so, have you heard this theory that because octopus, octopi? No, that's not real anymore. Scientists say <laughs> don't use octopi. It's octopuses. Um, so, John, don't laugh. Which sounds sure. way better. It does. Um, <laughs> well done, science. So, uh, I got yelled at for using octopi. Um, I didn't get yelled at. But, um, so, octopuses, um, their DNA is so different and unique. Have you heard this definitely scientifically accurate theory that um, they're actually aliens? That they were, it was like alien DNA carried on from like a meteorite or a meteor um, and like dropped in the ocean and like the DNA just like affected the marine life and boom, octopuses. No, I have not heard that, but well, I love have, that. Isn't it great? Because I, like I fully believe in aliens. <laughs> How Same would here. we yes. think that we're yeah. the only living beings in this entire universe? How yeah. self-centered are we to think that? So I, I'm all in on that too. Believe me, I've watched like every season of Ancient Aliens, that dude with the big hair. I'm I'm all in. But current events... I guess they're not current because we've been seeing these like UFO videos for a long time now, but the fact that they're like official, what are your guys' thoughts on those? Real? Not real? Oh, I don't know. It's so hard to, it's so hard to know what's real and not when it's like, you don't, you can't validate Mm -hmm. the source of like the thing you're Mm -hmm. watching. Anything could be made up. I believe (laughs) aliens are real. I don't know the validity of anything that circulates the media channels Mm -hmm. nowadays, Mm -hmm. but you know, something's out there. Those are so, my thoughts. 
So that's <laughs> really valid and really interesting because I think that's one of the things that's kind of come up is, right, essentially we've, um, the government has identified the existence of these vehicles in our airspace and they say, mm -hmm. you know, they behave, they have a series of behaviors that they attach to these vehicles that are yeah. outside any of our capabilities. So the government's acknowledging this and we're at such a point where we're all like, yeah, but do we trust the government? Like, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Like, the government's like, so, yo, and there's a chance that this could be aliens. Mm -hmm. Um, just letting you, you know, and we're all like, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, Take we believed news, it before they admitted, but now they admitted, we're like, I don't know. Yeah, I've talked to so many people <laughs> who are like, yeah, like, I definitely think aliens are real, but like, I don't know. I think the government's full of shit. And I'm like, this is how it's going to go down. Like, they're fully, like, we're going to see, like, a UFO in the sky, and we're going to be like, oh, God, like, what? what's the Air Force done now? Yeah, I mean, it's shit. probably just Jeff Bezos, right? Or Musk? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. it's definitely Jeff Bezos trying to get to the, uh, trying to go back in time <laughs> so we can get to space quicker than Richard Branson. Oh, mm -hmm. absolutely, 100%. Or it's aliens, and once they took a look at us, they realized that we haven't figured burnout out yet. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I'm, I'm out of here. Or Once they the civilization can get past this circle. burnout That was beautiful. <laughs> do you think it aliens are burned out? Beautiful. Wait, do you think aliens, do you think aliens have good work-life balance? I mean, if, if they can figure that kind of technology out, then they must have. Like, what is, because... what do you think their day looks like? <laughs> I think they work like three hours a day and they work four days a week. I think they figured their shit out. So, yeah. So it. So what? Yeah. How do we get here? Um, <laughs> Where uh, are we? we what is this? What are we, we talking recording? about? <laughs> so you're. So you're. But I so stopped recording favorite, like thirty unquote, minutes ago. By the way, Mons. <laughs> you stopped. I'm joking. <laughs> oh Jesus! Fuck! It's about to launch you into the ocean um john how about you what's like a monster you're thinking about right now that's not swamp thing it's a good question uh i would say the lithe that, that's how you say it right from loki is it uh eliath eliath okay like eliath but it's just eliath he's well, a purple that, yeah. cloud boy okay. yeah so we're talking about loki really quick emily yeah if you haven't seen it it's really good i have not <laughs> Season finale just happened. He's referencing, he's mm -hmm. referencing a giant cloud. <laughs> yes. It's, a it's like a cloud dragon. Purple cloud it's like a dragon made out of a cloud. And it is it like a Pixar movie? Reality. What is this? Oh, it's a no, no. It's, <laughs> it's a Disney Plus show. I'm Emily. Sponsored hey, by Disney Plus. I love Disney Plus. Have you checked out their Nat Geo section? It's fucking bomb. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I need to do that. Dude, yeah. <laughs> they have a great whale documentary. Okay. They do. They have great Ooh. documentaries. I'm going whale watching stuff. Speaking of whales. Anyways, we're going to go on tangents forever. <laughs> yeah, we're going to we're going to wrap this up so Emily We're going to burn out this episode. <laughs> God, we'll just Emily keep talking about monsters for another 3 hours. <laughs> now, um and then nobody asked, but <laughs> mm -hmm. Beavers wasn't my Brian? real answer. <laughs> Actually, I just really wanted to talk about beavers when I said that, so I made it about mm -hmm. me. Um, mm -hmm. Don't worry, we're going to edit that part out. 
Uh, We're gonna edit you out completely. I think that yeah. makes sense. That's that makes one hundred percent sense. I would say piggybacking with Lo- uh, with Loki. I want to say he's not a monster, but maybe he is. Is alligator Loki? He's literally That's an alligator with a Loki helmet. Yes. Yeah. Emily's like, like I don't know what the fuck. You I guys have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> That's great. I just needed to say that. Okay. Well, on that note, Emily. <laughs> Um, thank you for spending these last, like, hour and a mm-hmm. half with us. Jesus Christo. Um, Thanks for putting up with us. Yeah. Yeah, where, it, was a, I mean, it was a lot, but, you know, glad to be here. It's always a lot. <laughs> where can people find you if you want them to find you, or maybe you don't want them to find you? I mean, no, why would I want that? <laughs> okay. No, well, uh, yeah, I, uh, you can, you can look at my portfolio. I have a Medium account where I try to write thought leadership articles from time to time, um, you can just text John, you know, he knows text, where to find mm-hmm. me. Where's, and me so yeah. you're, um, yeah, let me, let me give out John's phone number real quick. So people mm-hmm. know where to find mm-hmm. him. It's five, five, five. And his home address. <laughs> and it's, um, your, your handle at medium is, I don't know, man, you know, does anyone I have it, really I have know it right where here. the handles are? I have it right here. Don't worry. It's, um, so it's medium.com slash at Emily Shaw. And that's yes, E-M-I-L-Y, so period, H-S-I-A-O. Correct. Mm-hmm. You got it, Brian. I did it! <laughs> it's actually Brian's account, and I just signed my name to it. Yeah, I'm a ghostwriter. <laughs> Our next article writer. will be about beavers, so stay tuned. <laughs> mm-hmm. Seriously, beavers are designers. You should, like, look at how beavers solve problems. <laughs> They're amazing. I'll take your word They don't burn out. That's how they. That's how they build those dams. I disagree. I bet beavers are at high risk of burnout. You're like beavers. Fucking suck. Um, (laughs) And they suck on land. That's why they build little water palaces. (laughs) Man, we suck in water. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, John. um, Well, hold on. Let me wrap this up officially. All right, everybody. uh, That is our episode. (laughs) We'll see you next time. When we interview, I don't know who the fuck we're interviewing. Yeah, it'll be a mystery. We haven't lined that up yet. We'll see how um, it goes. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about a monster of design. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, we'll see everybody <laughs> next time. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. Bye. Bye.